Welcome to the Talking with the School of Transportation podcast with your hosts, Ian Campbell and Harna Gill. Let's get into it now. Welcome to the Talking with the School of Transportation podcast. I'm Ian Campbell, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Harnett Gill, the other host. How's it going today? Great. Hello, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening in. We're very excited. This is our first podcast. Well, we hope you listen. We're hoping they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners would be lovely. Yeah. So we're going to focus on talking about ourselves a little bit and getting an idea of uh, maybe what you guys want to hear in future podcasts. Yeah. It's going to be the intro, the intro to what this might become. This is the intro to the intro. The intro to the intro is a fun way to put it, yes. So the School of Transportation, we are both professors here uh, for Centennial College. Uh, We are automotive service technicians uh, as our background, and uh, and we now teach here. And, And what we're trying to do is bring another way for some difficult topics to be brought up. You know, like what you you teach SSB mainly. What is one of the hardest topics that you have to teach? I find that one of the things the students struggle the most with is understanding diagnostics in relation to uh, ABS, for example. If okay. we want to go over the specifics of how certain sensor types work and how certain systems work, they have some trouble with that. Um, there's a learning curve, and I think diagnostics as a whole. If you understand an approach, you can apply it to to almost anything. You have a, a sort of approach that you you would follow with, but with with individuals who are, you know, still new to the trade or only a couple years in, they haven't really built that uh, that plan or that attack plan for diagnostics. Uh, so I find that that's something that there's a, a little bit of confusion with, and there's times where we've drawn things out on the board and gone over it and. You know, it might stick for a little bit and then it gets a little muddled again. It's just one of those things you need practice with, right? But I love what you said, attack plan, because I say that you got to figure out your diagnostic process and everybody's could be different. There's no right or wrong way to diagnose something. And uh, and I think that's been a challenge for some students. They're like, oh, I didn't do it your way. Well, it's not not my way. In the lab, I might ask you to do it my way because it makes sense to me. But you need to find that diagnostic process. So in the school, it's kind of difficult to, to like push that because we have to have certain you know, props or, or, you know, uh, console lab units and whatnot that we can use a certain way. But in the, in the field or in the industry, you have to find your way. How do you read that diagram? How do you walk through that? So attack plan and diagnostic process and that stuff, that's going to be a hard podcast to talk about, but yeah, that uh, might be a long one as well because there's so much there. Yeah. I think that would be fun. So what do you think in terms of, uh, I'd say your experience in teaching drivetrains is probably one of your favorite subjects uh, I love uh, subjects to yeah, teach. my favorite subject for sure. So what do students have trouble with there? A couple things. One would be differential, uh, the, the wear patterns uh, and whatnot. And, and if you've been at Centennial, especially on the 930 Warden building, you'll know Mr. Nalepka, and I'm going to beg him to get on here because uh, that guy's brilliant when it comes to some of that stuff. Uh, but beyond that, planetary gears is another one where it's kind of a, a challenge to see, you know, how do they work? What do they do? You know, there's different ways to learn it. There's a whole bunch of acronyms that I'm not a huge fan of, but some students love. And, and if you've had Mr. Mantis, you definitely know some of those acronyms, uh, but they do help. So, you know, maybe we'll have Mr. Mantis on we'll talking about planetary gears and other things, but yes. 
And that's the thing, right? Different approaches for different students is there's some things that work with some students and some things that just don't. It just depends on the individual. 100%. And that's what I think this podcast could be great for because if, if we're just chatting about some of these subjects that you may or may not get or understand well, maybe it's another avenue for you to learn from. So, you know, if we're talking about that di- that diagnostic process or that plan of attack for one specific circuit or a diagram, uh, you know, how would you walk through this this uh, this challenge? I think that could be really good, whether you're just driving home in the car, listening to this, or, you know, your uh, your professor assigns this as some homework because uh, maybe we'll do something good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what, actually, I got to switch it up a little bit. What is something you'd like to learn more about yourself in, in oh. terms of the automotive field? So that that's easy for me. It's EV. Uh, I, I know very little about EV, and I've kind of done that on purpose uh, since I started here at the college. I, I went right into the teaching side of things and, and not so much the car side. So I did my Tilly and teaching and, and learning and uh, higher education and, and teaching adults kind of thing. So I, I learned how to try and uh, do another uh, part of my career. Uh, and I, I really want to get back into some more automotive because I, I do miss it, you know, and, and EVs and, and the technology that's coming, hydrogen, just the new fuel sources and stuff kind of interested me a little bit. And mainly because students ask so much about them. You know, I don't have the knowledge that I, I wish I did when they asked. Now, I haven't taught those subjects, so that's that's another factor. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to have uh, – actually, Mike Lomnicki uh, does an EV course, and maybe we'll have him on, and he can chat about some of that, that stuff. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be a really good episode. So, uh, yeah. What about you? Any, any, any more thoughts? Yeah, you know what? It's probably the same for me, EV as well, but I will say in – Um, you know, just, I guess, a little bit of a background about my experiences. I started at a private shop um, um, and then quickly got into a Chrysler dealer. And I've worked with Chrysler for about 13 or 14 years now. And as, um, you know, many of our listeners will know, Chrysler will put a Hemi in almost anything that they can fit in, yeah. right? So where we and we put make the SRT on, ex- it as yeah, well. <laughs> SRT, right? So uh, for a long time, they weren't very focused on um, what they're now calling LEVs, low emission vehicles. There's so many acronyms. This yeah. is one of those other things. There's just so P-H-E-V, many PEV, LEV, <laughs> yeah. uh. PZEVs, and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. So uh, BEVs and just all sorts of stuff. So they've in recent years with demand have shifted a little bit more to EV and I am starting to uh, work a little bit on more with those uh, EVs and partially hybrid or partially zero emissions vehicles, whatever you want to call them. Um, but yeah, there's still a lot to go. And I look at it uh, in comparison is a technician who's maybe worked at Toyota. They've mm-hmm. been using hybrids for, for sure. almost 15 years, it seems like. Right. So uh, yeah, I'm working on expanding my knowledge uh, with uh, with hybrid vehicles and electrical vehicles. And those big batteries, right? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, it is they're, uh, talking to apprentices that at the dealership and students here at the college. The, the worry is always you're going to get zapped, right? Uh, there's a lot of safeguards, and if you're careful, you'll be okay. But it's no different than working on anything on a hoist and lifting something there's there's always a risk if you don't follow proper safety right i think that's a good point too and not just evs but with the trade in general it it 
can be dangerous in, in as a whole. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of chemicals we're using. There's lots of heavy equipment we're using. And I think if you take the e, the the approach or this approach anyway, if you respect the component you're working with and treat it the way it's supposed to be treated, you're not going to get hurt. Whether it's a hoist, whether it's a chemical, or whether it's electricity. You know, like if you respect that system, do the proper processes like we teach you here. You know, there's no reason to be fearful of it, right? Yeah. So I think that's a big factor when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You want to be, if you're sufficiently cautious, you won't be fearful yeah. because you're 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 worried about all your or you're uh, aware of all your safeguards that need to be at play, and you can apply that to. This is what I love about this trade, the automotive trade. What we learn and what we deal with, we can apply to anything in life in general it seems like right so whether i'm doing plumbing at home or fixing my fixing my dryer that won't warm my clothes or just dealing with anything that might be considered a little bit more dangerous there's a certain mindset you kind of switch on as a as a technician or a a a tradesperson Mm -hmm. that will keep you safe and um awareness yeah like don't use the cutting torch near a gas tank and and whatnot and we've all heard bad stories i have a few we'll save those for another another podcast but yeah yeah so what do you think um aside from the new technology what have you seen that's kind of been phased out something you don't deal with or or see anymore oh you know what i pulled in my toolbox the other day Uh a timing light Uh (laughs) i was like ah i should keep this but why yeah and then i i was talking to somebody recently and they're like oh i had to i had to it was an old civic or something i was like oh i have a timing light i could no it was a boat my buddy was uh got his engine rebuilt for his boat and he needed a timing light and he was doing it by the ears like by the sound of it, trying to move the distributor and whatnot. And I was like, oh, I can lend you my timing light. Like, please, it's been used once in my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of stuff where a computer, that used to be all mechanical. You would have to move that to be in time. Yep. And now it's, you know, electronic and, and it shifts. And it, amazing technology that, that happens throughout that. But, yeah, timing light. What's some of that you have, have kind of seen go by the wayside almost? Oh, that's interesting. Um, hmm. You know, I guess one thing is just with the working in a dealership environment, there's so much new technology all the time, and you almost you almost forget. I saw a uh, the original DRB scan tool. Yeah. So I mean, these old scan tools they they worked very different. And I think we've talked before. Uh, you keep going on that, but before we do that, we've talked about the brick. And if if you're an older technician, like I, I'm almost, I'm pushing 40 and I barely touched them, but the snap on brick, the big red brick with the keys and all that stuff, this was pre OBD two. Uh, that was the OG scan tool for me. And that's, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. I remember using that in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where I first had experience with, with that one. And then when I did work at the first uh, private shop, we did have that as well. Yes, we did the, <laughs> uh, the keys. It wasn't a snap on scan tool. It was something else. But it had all the little uh, keys you had to switch in yeah. based off your vehicle type. Um, and, you know, for our younger listeners, mm-hmm. um, you know, things, have, things are a lot different today. But it also depends on what manufacturer you're with too, right? Yeah, and good and bad, right? Because sure. the old days, you didn't have much, like, 
how do I say this? You didn't have a, a fault code. You didn't have an identifier to go, hey, let's look at this part of the system. It was more, you had to figure that, that diagnostic process. And, yes. and you talk to some older technicians and it's like, oh yeah, like do this because of this and, and whatnot. And, and now it's like, oh, get my scan tool in. And I, I had an issue on my van the other day. I was like, oh, I wish I had my scan tool here so I could just you know plug it in and, and see what's going on. I don't have that. So now I'm like, oh, what's the old way of doing this? How do I roll out through this? And actually you can't on some of them. That's it. Yeah. Like you can't, I can't even do some tests because I can't activate the module to do different things. So it's pretty interesting on how that works. Yeah. I'll, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's the two sides of the coin, right? One side is in a way through having systems that are monitored by the PCM or whatever module and setting a very specific GTC, it gives you a route to follow. The other side is the systems have become so much more complex. Exactly. There's so much more complex. Yeah. And, and, and they're challenging. Yeah. Like a, a correlation code. You'd never see that in the 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd never see a timing correlation code. Yeah. Now it's every other day. Yeah. You know, you have an OCV valve that's screwing up or something like that. So uh, it, it's way more complex, the systems, and to learn them, it's super challenging. But you miss some of that, like, feel, that, that mechanic-y feel. You yeah. know what I mean? So yep. Yeah. There was, I guess, the, probably a more recent or a younger term, perhaps, is you get a certain vibe for things. Okay. You'd get into a car, <laughs> and you'd have an idea just off how it drove, what was, what was the issue, or you'd be touching a component, yeah. and you'd have an idea. I'll give you an example. Uh, I had an apprentice who um, had a code, I believe, like, like you're saying, that correlation code with a 3.6 um, Chrysler motor, and he changed the intake phaser, okay? Uh, so what the phaser allows you to do is it will actually change uh, position, so you're, you're changing your timing, essentially, mm -hmm. yep. okay, for, for any listener who's not aware. And um, it's going to use a whole lot of data parameters for this, how much load is on the engine, cam, crank, data, accelerator, all sorts of stuff. Um, and what happened was after he had replaced the phaser, he ended up with a different DTC, a, uh, a DTC for the cam. So the concern was, you know, as an apprentice, he's thinking, what did I screw up? Yeah. Right? So I was going over with it, uh, going over the whole vehicle. He had the valve cover off and we're looking at the camshafts, the lobes are good, everything seems okay. And we just put a wrench on the end of the oil control valve that goes in the phaser. Mm -hmm. And it just, the backlash felt wrong. It felt excessive. I know so exactly, I said, exactly yeah, what so you I mean. Said, Take yeah. the other one off and there's no backlash at all. There's no movement of that phaser when it's at shear? lock pin. Well, yeah. it was just a new defective part. Oh, Brand really? new part, okay. defective, yeah. right out of the box from the dealership. This stuff happens, right? And it throws you for a loop. Right, so um, we we he had the old one handy. We put that on, and that DTC went away. So he's ordered another one. Oh, good. Right, yeah. so um, I think that's one of the toughest things as, as well is when you go, you do your diag, you do everything like you're supposed to, 
and then they give you a bad part yeah or something goes a little sideways and especially as an apprentice absolutely because you you got the confidence like man i did this you know fired up and then the engine light pops back on you're like what like i i'm better than i'm i know what i'm doing <laughs> and confidence is so important for yep. this trade like calling some of these parts they they can be thousands of dollars yeah. and you're like like i i know i've done my diligence this is the wrong part and when something like that happens i remember being a young apprentice and uh, and I'd have to start all the cars for the guys. Mm. They do like this big time belt job or whatever, and they're like, "Here, you fire it up. I don't want to see it if it's bad." <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" And they're like, he, "You know, he was a good a good tech, but just didn't have that much confidence and right. and whatnot." So we'd be like, "Can you fire that up? I'm going to go get a coffee. And if it blows up, I'm just going to take my toolbox out of the shop and whatever." <laughs> but uh, having that confidence is huge, and I, and I learned that as I went along, like being confident in your work, knowing your timing marks are lined up properly, knowing the job you did, knowing that oil, uh, you know, oil drain bolt is in properly and torqued properly is, yeah. is super important. The O-ring on the, the oil filter that you put on, you know, make sure it's not torn and leaking all over. And that's that's the apprentice, you know, thing right now is is to make sure oil's not spilling out after it's an oil change is done. Oh boy, yeah. is it ever. Yeah, I see it happen all the time. And I... I find for myself, the way that I'm, I'm confident is almost everything I've done, I've triple checked just in the moment. I find like, for example, we're talking about the oil spill and after yeah. an oil change, uh, we find this a lot as Chrysler guys on that 3.6 liter motor mm -hmm. where they, the individual doing the oil change doesn't put the O-ring in the correct groove. Yep. Um, so I've seen this happen so many times with apprentices that I've basically got it down to a science exactly what's happened. Yeah. There's two larger grooves and they're they're not in the lowest one. So they're in the wrong groove and it's actually gets chewed up by the threads, sure. right? Yeah. Um, and so you can for, actually see it on the O-ring where it gets cut from the yeah. threads. Yeah. And and for me personally, what I you know, my process is I have the cap in my hand, I take the old one off. Mm -hmm. I put the new one on, I run my finger around it fully so I know it's in the correct bottom groove. Then I put a little bit of oil and I go yeah. again and I'm like, good. Like it's a process. I'll go one step beyond you. I get my little snap-on screwdriver and go behind it and roll it all the way around so that I know the ring's not twisted. There you go. And then I do the little oil on it and throw it in. So yeah, yeah. it's it's that routine and you know, that process that we talked about earlier, whether it's diagnostic or even repair process on how, how important it needs to be. So I have a story that I'll save for the end because uh, it, it, it revolves around that as well. So uh, I have a question for the listeners and, and we'll see if we get any emails about this. Uh, but what do you want to listen? What do you want to hear? What topics would you like to hear? You know, like we've, we've talked about a few things that we think are important and we'll talk about those and, and, and continue to do more and more topics. But if you have a specific topic that you want us to talk about or bring an expert in to talk about, send us an email. Uh, my email is iCampbell, so I-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, -L, at centennialcollege.ca. And feel free to send me an email with, a, you know, just say, hey, talking with School of Transportation podcast or talking with SOT, I'd love to hear this. So if you guys have any of that, please do so. We would love that. Yeah, whether it is on something like how EVAP systems work, 
whether it's something specific to certain types of AC systems and diagnostics, whether it's certain things about the industry as a whole, right? It doesn't have to be specifically a vehicle system. Yeah. Um, And, you know, even if it's something about, uh, about maybe what's Mr. Campbell's a background, you know, sure. what has he worked in? What, yeah. what manufacturers did he like working with or whatever you're interested in hearing about, um, you know, we or are even learning want to hear. Yeah. Or even absolutely. like what, like even just how do you learn about, how do you take a test? What questions do you need? You know, you guys have a C of Q. We do a C of Q prep course here and, and like maybe we have a podcast about the C of Q. You know, how, how did you do? I, I, I did terrible on my, I just barely passed. I was a cocky punk, but I'll <laughs> save that story for, uh, for that, that podcast too. And another one, I'd love to have our Dean Alan McClellan on and just talk about culture at Centennial College and, and how can you set yourself up to succeed here? Because I'll be honest, if you just put some effort in and show up to class, you got a great opportunity here. The, the college the teachers, the the environment sets you up to do well if you put that effort in. So I'd love to have him on and, and chat with him about what he thinks, you know, a, a student culture should look like and a, a student needs to do to, to succeed. And, and not just at the college, but this is a founding block for your life. You know, like I never thought I'd teach. This is, a, this is an awesome opportunity for me uh, from being a, a student here at, at Centennial College 20 years ago now. So, yeah. Absolutely, right? It's, it's your foundation block. And this is, um, you know, as, as we look at most of the students coming in as apprentices, they're right at the beginning of their, of their journey. And you want to have a strong foundation and a strong start to propel you because there's you can go so far in this trade and you can so choose far. to, uh, you know, really be like a, I'd say like a world-class technician that's, that's coveted by many shops. Yeah. Right. Or you can move on to be something like a service manager. Or you Al Coolis. You could we come could have in. him on too. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So who is high he? High up in Chrysler. I can't, I don't know his title or whatnot, <laughs> but he was, he consults now for all the big dealerships and, and, and uh, manufacturers and, you know, on the automotive industry as a whole. And he started as a technician. So, yeah. you know. And there's, that's the thing, right? This, there's so many routes you can take on this journey, right? And we're just at the first, as an apprentice, at the first couple steps of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap this up. But at the end of every episode, I'm hoping we can have a fun meme or story. All right. So I did see this the other day and we'll try and do it justice over podcasts Yeah. because, uh, you know, if I showed you the picture, it would make a lot of sense, but let's see if we can narrate this so it can work well. So there was this plane, uh, a, a bunch of professors were invited to go on a flight and the, there's this plane and uh, they're all on the runway. Uh, it, it's on the runway, sorry. And the picture is of all the professors outside the plane. And the one uh, person was like, why is everybody outside the plane? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, our students built this plane. And so everybody bailed out and and (laughs) ran on the tarmac and they were all, they're like, we're not going to go in this thing. Yet there was one professor that said, nope, I'm going to stick in my seat. I'll be okay. So they went up to him and like, well, everybody else is afraid. Are you not afraid? He goes, nope. My students built this. It'll never fly. (laughs) And I laughed at that. (laughs) <laughs> but let's be honest, Centennial students, like, it'll fly. There's at least a 50-50 shot. No, I think it is. <laughs> we got some solid students, but that's yeah. funny. That that goes to that apprenticeship and, and uh, confidence building and all that stuff too, right? Like, 
as a student and as an apprentice, you need to have that confidence. And, and uh, you know, I would jump on that flight. I like to fly and, yeah. live, and live dangerously. You got life insurance. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, if you can like and subscribe, that would be great. I don't know what that looks like yet. Uh, if it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a review. You never know what'll happen. So, uh, also, please send that email, iCampbell at centennialcollege.ca, if you have any topics you want to know. And until next time, we're going to have to figure out a tagline here, Harnick. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? Signing off. Signing off. No. No, it, no good. Maybe, maybe a student can help us with a tagline. Oh, that would be too. perfect. Yeah. So, if you got a good, uh, good final send off, uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. All right. Until next time, I'm Ian Campbell. I'm Harnett Gill. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, folks. Bye. (laughs) 